This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. I'm live in Kansas City, and I'm up late. You know why? Because I got the energy. Because when I don't eat like crap, it's a wrap. Psych, I lied. I had like two orders of raisin canes. Okay, that's probably one of the worst things you can eat. But hey, in the morning, I had a bowl of fruit, had some potatoes. Like, that's not bad, right? And I had some popcorn. But I drank a bunch of water. And that's what's giving me the energy. Even when I was out doing what I wasn't supposed to be doing, I was drinking water. And it was giving me the energy. But hold on, though. Hold on, though. This UCLA-USC game's nuts. Man, it's so intense. And USC looked like they wanted more. But UCLA is trying to stay in it. Crazy game, man. Crazy game. And uh, I hope those that are in town for the Super Bowl are over there watching that. Because that game is insane. But, you know, I- I'll get to USC later. Um, The trade deadline. So the NBA trade deadline, like, wow. So the trade everyone wanted to happen, happened. So James Harden is with the Sixers now, and Ben Simmons is with the Nets. I mean, James Harden wanting out of the Nets is a recent phenomenon because once he got kind of accustomed to Kyrie Irving being a part-time player, he realized, wait, this is whack. This is whack. We need him more often. We need him every game. And he can't play because of vaccinations, statuses, and mandates. And also, Kevin Durant is hurt. Now, I truly believe James Harden when he said, that he's a competitive person and he doesn't like to lose. And that's simply the reason why he's unhappy in Brooklyn because he doesn't like the direction this is going and they keep losing and his co-stars are out all the time. So he fed up with that. I mean, come on, nine-game losing streak. Now it's 11 games because they lost to the Heat who have pretty much taken their spot in the East as the number one team. Wow. I get it. I I, I completely get it. Because um, I swear, he was just fine in Brooklyn until January. And that's ironically when Kyrie came back. And that's when KD got hurt. And that's when the losing streak started. This happened all, this all happened so fast. This all happened way too fast. I've been wanting, I've been wanting Ben Simmons to play all season. And it's just... The aftermath of the series against the Hawks just really messed him up mentally. Wow, Tiger Campbell almost tied it and went to overtime. UCLA tried, man. They tried. What a game. What a game. I'm so glad I had it on. Anyway, Ben Simmons, finally. Finally get to see him on the court. All that time training and thinking about what went wrong in that series against the Hawks. It's just that I guess he felt betrayed 
by his coaches and his teammates and um the fans. He just felt betrayed by everyone, and that really hurt him deeply, and it really messed with his mental health for real. Okay, maybe he did kind of, you know. No, no, wait. The mental health thing, yeah, that, that is a legitimate gripe. Because there's no other reason for him to sit out half a season because of, you know, there's no other reason for him to sell half a season. It's definitely the mental health thing. What happened in the playoffs really messed up with his mind. And then people who supposed to have his back, you know, he, they don't really have his back and, and he's in trade discussions. So he, you know, I guess he he had a right to turn his back on Philly. I just wonder if he, you know, gave Embiid and Doc Rivers a chance to explain themselves. Maybe he did. And I guess it just wasn't enough. The damage was done. Now he gets a new change of scenery, and now he gets to use all that stuff all that stuff that happened to him the last year or so, he could use that as motivation as if he don't have enough motivation already. He could use that as motivation and push the Nets forward. And, man, they need to help because the Nets are pretty much in playing territory. The Nets are losing so much, they are turning in to the Lizards. Pretty much fighting for play-in supremacy. And if they keep playing the way they playing, Ice Trader Gang is going to get them. Jason Tatum is going to get them. Charlotte is going to get them. But this is way too talented of a team when you add Ben Simmons and get Kevin Durant back. And I guess Kyrie Irving when you can. Still a really dangerous team. But, you know, the way things going right now, Play in game, and you might have to play the Wizards. But then again, the Lizards, they're losing to. And Bradley Bill's out for the season. I don't know if I mentioned that last show, but I'll get to it. Uh, but but that was the main trade. Uh, Buddy Hild is with the Pacers, and I don't know how he fits on that team. I don't know. If he's going to be a backup, I don't know if he's going to be the star. I mean, Sabonis was the Pacers' best player. But even that, even with that, the Pacers were still fighting to get in the play-in. They weren't doing any better than they did last year. And Sabonis is in and out of the lineup. And then Miles Turner as well. I want to see how that team looks with a healthy Buddy Hield and Miles Turner. Karis LeVert is with Cleveland now. And I'm just like, man, I low-key think the Pacers are tanking. That's just what it is. It got to be. I mean, I love Buddy, man, but ain't no way, ain't no way they think Buddy is, you know, that franchise player. If he play like he did at OU, he can be, but it's hard. He's he's going up in rank. He's playing in the NBA, and in the NBA so far, he's been a fringe starter Slash six-man person. That's tough to build your franchise around. But that's okay. You know, Pacers will figure out what they're doing eventually. Um, Yeah, I mean, we'll see. 
What what other trades before I get before I even get to the Wizards? Any other trades I can think of that really stood out? I mean, oh, CJ McCollum to the Pelicans. So that basically tells everyone the Portland is tanking too. They didn't get Ben Simmons. They traded away CJ McCollum. Once again, a really good player who's in and out of the lineup with injuries. And they pretty much seem seen the peak of CJ and Dame. They're getting older. They're less durable. And the team just isn't winning. So they decide to blow this up. I think they they ship Norman Powell too. So now they're rolling with Simons, Josh Hart, Nurkic, I believe. Man, I don't know what they doing over there. Everyone believes that Dame is out of there, and he didn't get traded. And I don't know what his contract status looked like. Maybe he maybe he might ask for a trade in the offseason. And you know people going to speculate where he's going to go. I have no clue. Since the Sixers got James Harden now, and I doubt he goes there. I mean, what team really needs a point guard? I'm just trying to think. He comes to the Wizards. <laughs> I'm about to get to them. I promise. I'm about to. I'm about to get to him. He could come to the to the Washington Lizards. But I'm just thinking, man. I don't know. The price tag is going to be hefty, and we'll probably have to trade Bradley Bill. Like his contract's got to be expiring soon. I need to look it up. I, I really do. Matter of fact. I'm about to look it up right now. Live. <laughs> nah, real talk, dog. Cause that cause I need to know. Alright, let's go uh Damien Lillard. Spotrack.com, baby. Shout out. Shout out to spotrack.com. So okay, here we go. Damien Lillard. 39 million this year. He's barely playing. I don't know if he's playing the rest of the year. 42 million next year, 45 million in 2023, 2024, 48 million at 34 years old, unrestricted free agent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's going to have to be traded because boy, oh boy, that's a huge cap hit. They invested in Dame and it's like they just blowing up, they're blowing up the team around them. Gotta do something about that. So it's up to him. I mean, he could stay and just take all that money. Or he can just um ask for a trade and try to go somewhere else. I, <laughs> I mean, everyone believes he should ask for a trade. I believe he should. Or does he want to wait it out? I mean, two to three years is enough time for the Blazers to rebuild and put some more pieces around him. Of course. Wow. Anyway, as I was saying, oh, wow, the Lakers choked and lost to the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> Ain't no shame in that. The Warriors are 42 and 15. Now let's get to these lizards who have only won like one game in like the last week or so. They beat the Nets. They did beat the Nets. Of course they did because they're on an 11-game losing streak. But guess what, though? They only beat them by one. That's with Kyrie Irving playing. And once again, they couldn't stop Dayron Sharp, which I don't get. He's like a backup center. So, oh, by the way, how the Nets were able 
to how the Sixers were able to get Harden without giving up Maxi and Thibel is miraculous. But props to them. As I was saying, um, that was the Wizards' only win in like the last two weeks. Now I thought the the Kings' win was going to be guaranteed. That was before that was before Bradley Bill got hurt, and that was before the Kings traded for Demontis Sabonis. Yeah, I knew he'd be in trouble once that happened. But hey, it's a okay. You know why? Cause help is on the way. The Wizards traded for Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis had just been wasting away in Dallas, and for some reason, the Wizards traded for him. They traded away Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans. Bertans, the two most overpaid players on our team. Dinwiddie played better without Bradley Bill, which in the short term is good. In the long term, that's awful. So he had to go. He wasn't in all long-term plans, obviously. Davis Bertans, like he's a freaking bottom of the rotation, halfway inactive type of player and he makes he's like top five on our team as far as salary he might be the third highest paid player on our team maybe second he doesn't even i mean we we got him to hit threes right and he was doing that for a while and now he just he got hurt he fell off he don't play defense gotta go but if dallas can get something out of him that's good for Dallas because that's another shooter that Luka Doncic can kick out to when he's getting doubled and triple teamed because you know what's coming because he liked that. I mean, he just put up 51 on the Clippers. Like, this guy's the realest. So, you got yet another shooter to utilize. It might be good for Dallas if they can get something out of him. Ain't going to be no defense, though. So, <laughs> don't expect that. Kristaps Porzingis? I mean, well, he's averaging 19 and 7. And he's missed some games. That's my biggest problem with Porzingis. He can't stay healthy. So if he can stay healthy, it is a wrap. He is 7-3, can shoot, can put the ball on the floor. And if he even tries on defense, it's a wrap. He's 7-3, and he can affect shots. And guard people on the ball. Like, if he tries on defense, it is a wrap. That automatically makes us a better defensive team. But, you know, I won't really see the benefits of this trade until next year when we get Brad back. And hopefully we can make some sort of a big three with Kuzma, Bradley Bill, and Porzingis. Now, also, we traded away Aaron Holiday. And I'm just like... Really? You know what? When they announced that trade, they traded him to the Suns. I was like, oh, cool, man. Who we getting back? I'll take anybody from that roster because that's the best team in the league. I'll take anybody from that roster. Bruh. They said for cash considerations. Game over. You might as well say we got nothing back. What are they going to use for that cash? Uh, To get a copy machine? 
Oh, I get it. They're going to buy lunch for their whole staff. Oh, wait. They're going to give a pay increase to Tommy Shepard. No, wait. No, wait. They're going to buy a bunch of big screen TVs. Nah, they're going to... They're going to use it to, like, buy out freaking FedEx Field for a day. Man, what are we using that cash for? We could have actually got a player or at least a draft pick. Trash. I wanted more for that. But I guess we got rid of Aaron Holiday. I mean, he's averaging six points a game. Six points, like two assists a game. He he's supposed to be a, potentially our starting point guard, and you know we traded away Dinwiddie. So look, he's supposed to be next in line to start. No, no, he's behind the depth chart, behind Howell Neto. Are you kidding? And then we traded for Ish Smith, so we got Ish Smith and Neto running the point pretty much like the last two years. So I guess we didn't need Aaron Holiday. Wow. Got outplayed by Neto. Watching Neto play, I think it was against Philly. Maybe maybe the Nets. Yeah, I think it was the Nets. Watching him play, I was like, I see why they got rid of Holiday. I think we're, we'll be fine with how Neto starting. Even though, you know, he's... He's one of them role player, off the bench type veterans. But eventually, we're going to need a real point guard. No offense to him. No offense to him. But eventually, we're going to need a point guard. And I I can see us looking to the draft to get a point guard. Because you put a point guard, a really good point guard, with Kuzma, Porzingis, and Bill. Oh, it's a wrap. It's, it is a wrap. You already know. Okay, I mean, the Lizards going to be the Lizards. They're not making a plan. Most likely not. Unless they just make some big turnaround after the All-Star break. But other than that, they're probably not making a plan, dog. So, the Porzingis trade got me looking forward to next year, at least. Because I'm telling you, man, we get that point guard, it's, it's, it's going down. We'll be fine. We'll be back in the playoffs. Believe that. All right, man. Real quick, the caps. Mm, are they all cap? Uh, man, they're just up and down. I mean, some guy named, I don't know. Some some new guy. I forgot his name. For freak's sake. But he scored two goals with Ovi out. And he's a local guy. He's from Herndon. Herndon's. Yeah, Hernan's like a good, what, 45 minutes from D.C., I believe. Now, granted, it was against the Canadians and Canadians trash, but that's good. That's good he did that. Now, a crushing loss to the Blue Jackets. That was a back-and-forth game, and I thought for sure we was going to overtime. And then they just they scored that goal against us in the last minute. This man came in late in the midnight hour. I think it was Boone Jenner. And I'm just like, what? How, bro? It's just, it, it, it doesn't cease to amaze me how 
the Capitals give up goals so fast. It it's got to be a goalkeeper thing. It's it's a goalkeeper defenseman thing. It's got to be because that's ridiculous. They just give up goals so quickly. I've seen them go down 2-0 in like two minutes multiple times. They got down to the Edmonton Oilers. Like, I'm just tired of that, bro. Like, it's whack. I mean, no way in heck we don't, like, come away with a point against Columbus. First of all, a better team. And second of all, just, yeah, Boone Jenner, yeah. Yeah, he made that goal at the end. And I'm just like, we are supposed to be in overtime. You have got to be kidding me. And we were up too old to start the game. That just, just, just terrible, bro. Just terrible. Just terrible. You got to be kidding me. Um, but it's all right, man. They'll be fine. Uh, they, they beat the Canadians who are horrible. Thank God. Cause I was getting worried. Um, shoot. Who we got next? So we got the senators next who aren't very good either. The predators almost beat us in DC or did they beat us in DC? I don't know. That that was a weird game. That was that was the game right after the pause, right after the COVID pause. Uh, now we're at Nashville. I don't know if we can win that. The fly, like if we don't beat the Flyers, bruh. If we don't beat the Flyers, like what is life? The Rangers are really good this year. I, mm, that's gonna be a tough one at 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 the Garden. That's gonna be a tough one. The Flyers again. Like, come on. The Maple Leafs, mm, that that might be a game I should try to go to. Austin Matthews, they're 30-10-3. I might try to go to that. Uh, We'll see. But the Caps are not all cap, at least for now. And they're they're hanging in there. They're going to be a playoff team. But uh, if they don't play better, then... They'll be like a wild card team. And hopefully that'll get them out of the cap cycle. But I mean, I should realize that this is the part of the cap cycle where they start slumping. You know what I'm saying? And then once once March come, once mid March come, they're gonna start balling and reeling off all these wins. And then we're gonna be in top of the Metropolitan. You know how I go. You know how I go. Top of the Metropolitan. We host the playoff series, then we lose. And then if we win, we got to play Pittsburgh or New York, and then we lose in the second round. This is what always happens. Here we go again. Hopefully they can break through somehow, some way. Got to figure out this goaltending thing, or it's just, I don't know, it's just going to be the same old thing. But, hey, now it's time for the Sooner Schooner. The whole reason I'm in Kansas City was to witness history or at least hope to witness history. As some of you know, the Oklahoma Sooners have not won at Allen Fieldhouse in basketball 
since 1993. Damn! At least on the men's side. So I thought, you know, maybe this is the year. You know, we're about to go to the SEC soon. We're not going to be able to play at Kansas too much longer. You know, I got I to gotta get to one of these games. And I was like, maybe this is the year. Because, I mean, they've brought better teams into Allen Fieldhouse and still lost. It's happened before. I was like, this team, it doesn't look like on paper they're going to win. I mean, the BPI gave them a 14% chance of winning. They were a 10-point underdog in Vegas. They was just expected to get rolled. I even jokingly said to this couple beside me, who who they joked with me, they was like, oh, I hope you go easy on us. And I joked, ha, we have no chance. I was a little sarcasm because I really thought they were sleeping on us. Even though this wasn't a very good team, this is a bubble team, pretty much. They're on the bubble. Not sure if they're going to make the tournament. Like, it, it doesn't look good. Like, they might be able to get into the tournament as a 10th, 11th, maybe a 12th seed. But that's it, man. Nothing nothing says firmly in the tournament to me. So, yeah. Going to Allen Fieldhouse was great, man. Like, the atmosphere... It kind of reminds me of Oklahoma football. It's always going to be packed, no matter who they play. The fans are going to be loud. They're going to be rowdy. They're very into the game. They really care about their basketball. And the fans are pretty nice. Like, they're, they're very nice people. So, I'm like, I like this place. I was like, I see why y'all, I see why y'all keep coming back. This is really dope. And it was. It was a very nice environment. And if you're a college basketball fan, you got to come check out a game at Allen Fieldhouse at least once. Especially if you are a fan of a visiting team. That's fun, too. Man, but that game, this particular game, oh, my God, man. First of all, the Sooners kind of surprised me. I did not expect them. I Okay. I did say we was, they were sleeping on us, but I still wasn't expecting that much. I was like, they're going to beat us, but it's going to be less than 10 points. I was right. I was right. But how it happened is just heartbreaking. Like, they had the lead the vast majority of the game. And they did this without a great offense. Like, Moja Gibson... I must give credit to Kansas. Their game plan, their defensive game plan against Moja Gibson was spectacular. I will give them that. Listen, every time Moja Gibson came off a screen, there was two people there. Anytime he lined up to shoot, there was a hand in his face. The one time he tried to shoot a three, it got blocked. Every time he was in the lane, there's two people collapsing on him. There was one play, he pump faked. Went to the lane. It was three people in the lane. He passed it for an assist and a, and a score. Stuff like that. They was all over Moja Gibson. You know why? Because he hit eight threes against Texas Tech. He destroyed them. So Kansas refused to let that happen to them. And statistically, I checked this before the game. 
Moji Gibson is our leading scorer. So yeah, you have to you have to focus on him. Despite all that, Sooners had the lead the entire first half. And you know what really carried us through was some tough buckets by Harkless and Tanner Groves had 19. And half of it, at least well, like nine or twelve of it was from beyond the arc. And every time he shot the ball, I just cringed. I was like, this is his game? Is this really his game to just sit at the top of the key and just hit threes? He don't do any post moves. He don't drive to the basket. Like, this is all he does? He just pick and pop? I mean, okay. I mean, that's that's what Dirk did. I mean, <laughs> even Dirk would, you know, is better finisher at the rim. But still, that you know, that's the type of role he plays. That's the type of game he plays. I just had to get used to it. You know, Shargos is a is a dog. I think I said his name right. Number fifteen, Goldwire. Like them guys were fighting. They were scrapping and clawing. They had Christian Braun on lockdown. They had Abaji on lockdown. At least in the first half, Jalen Wilson lockdown. McCormick scored a quick seven points. I think he scored two points the rest of the game after that. So these guys hung in there defensively. It's just offensively. I'm just looking at them and just every time they got to seven, eight, six seconds on the clock, I just turned away because I knew they weren't going to score. Just sometimes they take a while to get in their offense or sometimes they call the wrong plays and we jack up some terrible shot because we don't got no playmakers because we have no playmakers really and we only have like one person that could really shoot. Harkless is an inconsistent shooter. Tanner Groves is an inconsistent shooter. Like it's just no. The only the most consistent shooter we have is Moja Gibson. So but they took him out the game. And he got frustrated on the other end and was committing silly fouls. So I'm like, man, dog, you got to be kidding me right now. It it just felt like we were so close. But, you know, eventually Kansas took the lead in the second half. And we, we, to credit to us, we battled back. Battled back, got the lead back, gave it up again. And what was really a backbreaker was letting this guy, oh, man, I don't know what number he wears, but he's some stupid tall kid. I think he wearing him a 21. No, it's not Embiid, but some stupid, tall, light-skinned kid, bench player for sure. He hits a deep three from the logo to put them up one. The crowd goes crazy, and they pretty much had the lead pretty much the rest of the the game. And the Sooners were right there. And, you know, they got a few steals, hit a few threes, and Kansas were missing some free throws. And that's another thing. OU was missing their free throws, too. They really could have put this away also if they was making their free throws. But Kansas had a chance to do that as well. They was was missing down the stretch, Uh, especially Christian Braun missing two in a row. I think he missed like three down stretch. And I'm just like, man, 
We need to take advantage of this. Christian Braun traveled, by the way. He jumped up and down, no call. Jalen Wilson got trapped, threw an elbow, or, you know, charged into the defender. It was kind of a flop, a little bit. But he still charged into him. That's a charge. That's an offensive foul. No, they kept the ball. Thank God he made one of two free throws. Gave us a chance. And and we had a chance at the end, but Goldwire just missed. I was cringing when he took that shot because I was like, God damn it. Do we know if he can shoot or not? I'm just like, I wanted them to take a three and do a walk-off. But no, we settled for two and we missed that. This is barely a tournament team. Their offense is struggling. I just scratch my head watching them play offense sometimes. Because it's just bad. Defense is inconsistent. So I'm like, man, come on, man. We had that. We 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 really wasted an opportunity for a big win that definitely would have helped our resume. Joe Lenardi got us in at number 11. But we beat Kansas. Maybe we move up to 10, maybe 9. It's just we let both of them games against Kansas slip away, and they were very winnable games. It just blows my mind. But nevertheless, I enjoyed my experience at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Thank you to the fans and the staff for their hospitality. It was great. I hope to be there again next year when they play OU. But, you know, we'll see. Now, shifting to women's sports. Now, women's basketball is now 20-4. They lost to Texas. Not only did they lose to Texas, they got whooped. They lost by 15. Now, when they played Texas the first time, they won by two. This team averages 86 points a game. Their leading scorer averages 18 a game. They have. Four players averaging double figures. Yet against Texas, they score 65 and 63. Wow. What are they doing that none of these other teams are doing? They put up 101 on West Virginia. This is the number two scoring offense in the country. That's why they're 20 and four. And it's it's just incredible what they've been doing. Uh, this Taylor Robinson kid, Robertson's kid, who seemed like she's been there forever, eighteen a game, ninety four percent from the free throw line, forty six percent from three. That is insane. Maddie Williams is our star, eighteen and eight. Anna, oh my God, I'm gonna just call her Anna. Seventeen points a game. But this team is 338th in scoring defense. Like, they're literally, I looked at the list, there's only like 10 or 15 schools below them. Terrible. Trash. Give up 75 points a game. I can't even fathom that. That is crazy. And I'm looking at Bracketology. And Bracketology has them hosting a regional. Hey, that's great. Guess who's in that bracket? Guess who's in that regional? Iowa and Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark, 
the leading scorer in the NCAA. Oh, my God. Please, I hope we don't draw them because I don't think we can beat them. I guess what, okay, I guess what the saving grace is in that type of matchup is that Iowa, they don't have much of a defense either. Don't have much of a supporting cast around Caitlin Clark. So that's my saving grace. That's my only hope. But this team, man, I got to sit down and really watch this team. Now, if they can get out of their own regional, it seemed like like they're going to get a tough second-round opponent. So if they can get out of their own regional, let's see what they can do. I mean, I don't know how they can score all these points against teams like, I don't know, NC State, South Carolina. That's going to be tough. But, you know, they can they can do it, you know, with the right belief and the right coaching. No, I'm just saying. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, softball is starting, and surprise, surprise, the defending champs are 4-0. They, they spanked Mississippi State again. Poor Samantha Ricketts. You know, she's an OU girl. Went to school with her little sister. But every time she plays, she get that work. Sorry. I don't know why we struggle with Loyola Marymount, but we shut him out. I don't know who we played in the first game. It doesn't matter. Um, but the main event, though, was playing UCLA, the number three team in the country. Their program is about as good as ours. Oh, almost shut them out too, 4-1. And you know why they're off to a fast start? They got this freshman pitcher named Jordy Ball. The number one recruit in the nation in 2021. And she already got three shutouts. Bro, we ain't losing until we ain't really gonna be losing until Patty Gasol retires. I'm just I just already accepted that. And that's great. I love it. Because, you know, this is a really good program. This is a blessed program. And you know, I I, I love it. Good win for OU. This Jordy Ball kid, man, oh, man. If we can keep her for four years, we probably will. If you keep her for four years, oh, my God. How many titles? How many titles are we going to get? It's a wrap. It's, a, it's They done, bro. Now let's get into the main event. Super Bowl preview and predictions. I'm just like, man, I'm just hoping for a good game. I don't dislike either team. I don't necessarily, you know, have a favorite. It's just one of them Super Bowls. It's just like 2016 where I'm probably going to ride the wave and go with the feel, you know, whoever's winning and or trying to come back, you know, I'll just, I'll just go from there. I don't really know what to root for between Bengals and the Rams. I have reasons to root for both. But, you know, looking at this, I see, you know, Joe Mixon, 18, okay, 1,815 yards from scrimmage. So he rushed for 1,200 yards and caught like almost another 600 yards receiving. And, and he's 6'1", 220, can do it all. He's one of the best recruits that 
OU ever had. So this guy, man, he's going to be a problem. And I don't know if the Rams can stop him. Like, that front four is really going to have to eat because if they don't, Joe Mixon is just going to slice through their defense. And, you know, I'd love to see him do well. But, you know, it is what it is. The matchup predictor gives the Rams a slight edge. Of course, Vegas has them as like a three and a half point favorite. I had all these stats right written down, but I had to keep it to the point, man. Oh, Cooper Cup is ridiculous, by the way. I mean, triple crown, 145 receptions, 19, 47 yards, almost 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. Unbelievable. How do you stop that? Even if you do stop that. You got to worry about Odell Beckham. I mean, the, the Tyler Higby's out, but Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, Cam Akers, underrated. Like, it's just, they got a whole lot of weapons. The thing is, though, looking at these stats, the Rams have the Bengals beaten almost every statistical category. But Matt Stafford is second in the league and interceptions. No, actually, he's tied for first. That's the thing. And that's how they almost lost the Tampa Bay game. They kept giving the ball back to the other team. And if they do that in this game, it's going to keep the Bengals in it, and they might mess around and win and run away with it. Just unbelievable. I mean, the Rams got Jake Funk, who's from Maryland, and Ogbo, who played with OU's like the only good player on freaking 2017 defense it's miraculous before i get into my predictions oh man oh i like some of the matchups by the way between corners and receivers obviously the main one is is jamar chase and Jalen ramsey that's going to be interesting uh darius williams and deontay dion they're going against T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Like, there's some good matchups here. There's some really good matchups. It's, oh my God. But let's get into some prop bets. So I'm not going to make any literal prop bets, but some of the ones I've seen, of course, my favorite one is like, what color will the Gatorade shower be? I'm going to say purple, <laughs> but who knows? The coin toss, who wins, heads or tails. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Rams are going to win. No, the Bengals, no, I got the Bengals winning it. Tails, receive. Now, we'll see, though. Uh, let's see. Any scoring drive take less time than the national anthem. I mean, it's possible that's probably the Bengals, too, because, you know, they got Jamar Chase, and he averages like 18 yards a catch, which is ridiculous. That's just crazy. Will all five artists collaborate together for a song? That's Dr. Trey, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. That's the, the halftime show. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, yeah. No, no, I don't know. I kind of like to be surprised. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, will Eminem make a political statement? <laughs> it's a good chance. He's done it before. Uh, will Snoop smoke on stage? Nah, I doubt it. 
Will players propose to his girlfriend? Wouldn't be surprised, but I can't see that happening. Will a fan run on the field? I think they did in Tampa Bay. Yeah, no. 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 I'm going to say no. Because I think security going to be on him. I can see Matt Stafford being the MVP. You know, touchdowns, interceptions. I, I think I think he can handle it. Super Bowl is going to be insane. It is, man. Um, yeah, and, and the Bengals secondary, they're going to get tested. But they got John Bates, Eli Apple. This is going to be a fire game. I got the Rams winning 27-22. I just feel like they're the better team. Way too many mismatches. Uh, yeah. At least on the Bengals side, they take away Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. It's going to be tough. Just saying. But yeah, man. Super Bowl 56. Going to a Super Bowl party. See how that goes. But, you know. Hey. I just want a good game. Neither of my team's in it. The teams I dislike are out. It's just, I just want a good game. That's all, man. And you already know that I'm out. Peace. Psych, I lied. I forgot about the most obvious matchup. The Bengals offensive line versus the Rams defensive line, Aaron Donald and Von Miller. And I'm just like, it doesn't look good for the Bengals. Of course, you're going to bring up the Titans, sack nine times, and even the the game against the Chiefs, a lot of plays that Joe Burrow made, he had to make with his legs because he was getting pressured and no one was open. So, yeah, that's the, mess, that's the matchup. But now that I just brought up Joe Burrow using his legs, that could neutralize the Rams' pass rush. It really could, because he can escape that. Or is he going to look like Patrick Mahomes just running around and still getting hit? Uh, that could happen, too. We'll, we'll see how they defend these receivers. Uh, also, a good running game. Joe Mixon. Like, giving handing the ball off to Joe Mixon and dumping it to him in the flats, which they do a lot anyway, that could definitely help the passing game. You get the ball out your hands quickly. You don't have to worry about the Rams D-line or pressure. So I think they'll be ready to handle that. Um, they, they also the Rams also got some underrated players on their defensive line. Um, but also in the secondary, we focus on Jamar Chase versus Jalen Ramsey, and everyone wants to see that. That's that's like best on best. That's you know. Jamar Chase, what do you got? The fourth most receiving yards, 18 yards a catch, third most touchdowns. You got Jalen Ramsey, arguably the best corner in the league. I want to see that matchup. But also, you know, how is Darius Williams and Dante Dion going to do against, you know, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd? It's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I think the, the the Bengals will be up to task. They, they got the playmakers, and they got a quarterback that can run, so that's important. And also, on the other side, 
uh, the Bengals pass rush isn't bad, even though in that Chiefs highlight way too many times in the first half, I saw their DNs get pushed to the ground and flattened and sat on. And I'm like, damn, they got punked. Can't happen against the Rams. Can't happen against the Rams. But then again, I don't think Matt Stafford's going to hold the ball that long. But also, the way Matt Stafford turns over the ball, I mean, he had 17 interceptions. That's like tied for first. So the way he turns over the ball, there will be opportunities for the Bengals to capitalize. I mean, they got three turnovers off Patrick Mahomes, and he don't even throw interceptions like Matt Stafford. How many pick sixes have you seen Matt Stafford throw? A lot. <laughs> like, every time he's in a big stage, you're going to see one pick six from Matt Stafford. So I know I said that earlier, but, you know, we'll see. I'm still sticking with the Rams 27-23. Because at the end of the day, they're the better team, and they're at home. But, you know, I've picked against the Bengals every weekend except the game against the Raiders. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But for real now, oh, some, something I saw on SportsCenter. Uh, Burrow and, no, not Burrow, but Stafford and Cup. Combined for 20 touchdowns in a regular season. That's tied for second all-time with Brady and Gronk. Um, Marino and Clayton. For all my 80s and 90s folks. Marino and Clayton. Oh, my God. Um, Dolphins. And also uh, Adams and Rodgers. There's like one more on there that I forgot. I think that's it. And then Brady and Rodgers. I mean, no. Rodgers and... Adams, they all had 20, but Brady DeMoss had 24. So, you know, you, you got to look out for that connection. It seemed like no matter how much you focus on Cup, he's going to get open somehow, some way. It's like me playing with Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith. In Madden. <laughs> so look out for that. By the way, I played this matchup on Madden. And I end up playing with the Rams, and I won by, like, three. I won 38-35. It was a shootout because in the second half, I just could not stop the Bengals. And that makes sense because on ESPN, they said the Bengals had a 73-point scoring margin against NFL teams in the third quarter, and that leads the league. So you got to watch out. They get down, they're not going to be out. Now let's get to a quick hypothetical game of the episode. This hypothetical game of the episode is a basketball matchup between Ball is Life Fantasy Basketball League and the Super Bowl halftime show team. So Ball is Life. It's me, Alex, Ben, Zach, and Ryan. That's the top five, so that's who's going to be on the court. Super Bowl halftime team is Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick, Mary J. Blige, the only woman on in this game. Okay. Anyway, 
here we go. Game goes up to 21, ones and twos. I was going to put this game at Allen Fieldhouse because I was feeling it and I'm here in Kansas City. But because it's a Super Bowl, the game is played at USC. So let's fast forward way in the future to 17-11. So it's 17-11 Super Bowl team. So Mary J makes a jump shot to make it 18-11. Me, I only have three points so far. I'm not on my grind. So then I make an open two-pointer, 18-13. Then Alex steals the ball, kicks it out to me on a fast break. I stop at the three-point line, wide open, another two-pointer, 18-15. I'm heating up. Dr. Dre misses a jump shot. Then, you know, the rebound is made by Ryan, and then it gets back to me. I drive on Snoop hard and then come back, step back to the three-point line and hit another two-pointer, and that's 18-17, and just like that, it's a game. And uh, here we go. Eminem makes a layup in response, and it's 19-17. Then we get the ball back. I split a Snoop and Dr. Dre double team. Spin move on Mary J. Blige, and I lay it in off the backboard, 19-18. Then Ryan steals the ball from Mary J. We slow it down on offense. I pass to Zach, who hits a two-pointer, and now it's his only basket of the game. 20-19. 20-19, ball is life. Then I block Kendrick's layup. Alex gets the rebound. Then he passes back to me. I cross up Snoop. Then I bounce pass to a wide open Ben for a game winning layup, beating the trap that was coming in from Eminem and Dr. Dre. And that is the game. 21 19. We all go crazy. 21 19. Ball is life. Fantasy Basketball League wins. And that is the hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. And you already know that I'm out. Peace. And go to GoatLevelTees.com for all things Goat Level. Deuces. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.